Hey, this is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, telling you to go above and Batman beyond. This is Adam Beechin. This is Yoko McCann from Funko. This is Zach from Diamond Select Toys. This is Bernard Chang. Dan Bergen. Hey everyone, it's Michael McQuistian. This is Lolita Ritmanis. This is Christopher Carter with Dynamic Music Partners. This is Travis from at Saturday Morning Batman on Instagram. This is Eli Benson, also known as Batman Beyond fan page, and I'm telling you to go above and Batman Beyond. 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 Hey guys, this is Ben from the future, from beyond. Uh, Just to give you a heads up on what you're about to hear, unfortunately, Eli's audio became unusable in the recording, so you're just going to have to hear my side of the review for now. Uh, I say for now because I promise this week we do have either Eli coming back or our friend Scott uh, at the.batfan on Instagram, or both at the same time, we'll see. So sorry for the inconvenience, Uh, this week it's just me and my one-way rants about The Flash. But I figure better get out some kind of review sooner than later. Uh, And then again, we do have Flash follow-up episodes coming soon. So without further ado, here is my review of The Flash. Welcome to Above and Batman Beyond, a YouTube series and podcast all about DC and Batman Beyond. I am your host, Benjamin David. Today we're going to be reviewing the newest of DC films, and that is The Flash. Uh, please be sure to subscribe, follow the pod so you don't miss an episode. Please rate and review the show. It's free. It's easy. It takes just a minute, uh, but it helps us out a whole lot. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, just like the pod, uh, youtube.com slash above and Batman beyond. We are currently building the YouTube channel. We got some editors on board. Very exciting. Uh, and then other projects. So definitely be sure to subscribe so you know when all that drops. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Batman Beyond Media. And you can follow me on Instagram as well for my reviews and projects not involving DC uh, at Benjamin of David. And finally, of course, follow Eli and his very powerful Instagram at Batman Beyond Fun Page. All right. So uh, as always, we have our spoiler wall. Uh, So we're going to do non-spoiler initial thoughts, and then we're going to jump right into spoilers for The Flash. So um yeah, uh, I'll follow that up with actually something I didn't even think of, an analogy until about 10 minutes ago, which is somehow Eli off Eli and I off mic started talking about insurance companies and just go with me for a second. But Gecko the Geico or Allstate Insurance, these are action movie commercials, right? And that unforgettable lizard, Cockney lizard talking about insurance because insurance happens to be one of the most boring things on the planet. So you spice it up with something unforgettable. This was the opposite. You're taking something that is timeless, some of the best source material in human history, and doing a backward rumpled stiltskin. You are just taking complete gold and spinning it into, like you said, there's a lot there. Obviously, there is. And in this movie, on the gold side of things, to give them you know, some credit here, a lot of credit, actually, uh, there were pieces of this movie that were incredible. And that's I'll be the first to admit, uh, this is the time to say it. If you saw my Instagram post, I, I, I don't want to contradict myself or seem contradictory. I said a lot of positive things in that, even though I was honest, I said almost immediately, like a lot of this movie annoyed me, still stands and more annoys me as we'll get into. But the stuff that I liked, unfortunately, all I had to do was think about it more. I, I did admittedly listen to more reviews than I ever do before watching this, but it was really, it was mostly to just uh 
kind of go over the movie more in my head and try to give it and get more perspective, get people who did like it, get positive reviews, people I know who are going to be positive about it. And honestly, the more I thought about just beat by beat, try to be objective. And some of the things are truly objective before I get to that. It just only diminished. Like I said, 90 for, for example, 95% of the Batman stuff I liked. I said that coming right out of the theater. And like we were saying off mic, I mean, between nostalgia induced uh, flashy things on a screen, Benjamin feeling four years old again, seeing Michael Keaton Batman mixed with the recency bias of just getting out of a theater, you know, is powerful. And it's just like, and all, and also DC and the whole, the cameo porn of it all. So it's, you know, uh, they call it porn for a reason. It, it evokes a lot extra feeling. Uh, this was like the worst porn ever. So there's my, there's my initial thoughts. That's my headline. Worst DC porn ever. Cause you had, and I just say porn because it's like, you had all the opportunity with something that everyone likes for the most part you got a big audience for this thing and you kind of squandered it and it's pretty hard to make bad um dc porn in my opinion and they hold off in a lot of ways and one example i will give uh this is again non-spoiler but the effects people are not overreacting about this and again i'm trying to listen to other people defend them over and over and i can't accept that there is there is objectivity to this when i can see in the mandalorian on television like three years ago luke skywalker come back to life you can make pick a cameo before we get to spoilers look real fill in the blank like if we saw on wandavision that you can make uh these actors look like they're on a show on the you know pick a show from the 50s 60s 70s why can you not make you can make the Brady Bunch look real and you can't make make it look like I'm in an episode of 66 like this is such L this is such elementary level like hey seven-year-old what would you like to see in a DC I want to see the flash run onto an episode of of Batman 66 boom like it's a simple shit and you're just squandering and I'll, I'll rant over but what I mean by objective and why it is a problem when vfx are this bad in 2023 is because i have examples of things almost 10 years old i mean rogue one at this point is a seven year old movie and like it didn't look mm -hmm. good per se but like tarkin and leia looked a lot better than this bullshit it, it was like and don't bring back these people if you're going to make it and also again without spoiling even in the speed force you have effects that People were saying, oh, you know, I was tired of seeing the TV effects of The Flash for nine years on TV. I mean, shit, I watched a decent amount of that show, at least when it first came out, the first three seasons. A lot of those effects and the suit were better than this. I, it's just like yeah. you're just objectively and why I say objectively is because think of a deep fake. And that's what Leia and Tarkin and Luke Skywalker were when you brought these characters back is deep fake. We are you know on it, there's apps that make better deep fakes than what we saw in this movie and that is an objective fact if you're trying to tell me that if you you know saw these people in real life and saw whatever and you're trying to excuse it by oh you don't know what you'd see in a speed force not the point that is not the point you can't say this is a cameo if it looks like absolute dog shit
So that's what I mean by objectivity. Now rant over. I kept thinking that like we just got this last week. The last movie I think I saw in theaters was was Spider-Verse. And I'm like, that did it better with characters I know nothing about. I was more invested in that movie. And I know infinitesimally less about that universe. And to me, this is just inexcusable. Like, again, nostalgia uh, string pulling in a movie that sadly, again, there's a lot I do like. So back to positives, it's like, it's just weird to me and why I can't say overall it's a good movie to me. I, and I can't say I like it because if it's supposed to be a cohesive thing, it is not. It is the least, one of the least cohesive things I've ever seen in my life. And we're going to get into details, but for example, they admittedly, and this may be a problem you could say about knowing the behind the scenes of things, but I could, I could have told you without knowing any of the behind the scenes, they spent a lot more on Batman in this movie than they did the flash. And the movie's called The Flash. And it's a lot harder to make flash effects than you're going to spend all this like time making practical stuff. And I hate to keep going back to effects, but this uh, let's I guess we'll keep it in direction of, of the character here. Um, yeah, I don't think ultimately like a lot of people are saying, oh, this looks like a Batman movie that happens to have the flash in it. I still stand by that. It's trying to be a flash movie. Um I think that's the problem with it, though, is that he's the worst character in the movie. I mean, he's any version of him, either version of him is hard to watch. It's not interesting to me to see someone. They're socially awkward in a movie. There's a version of social awkwardness in movies where you can make the character funny slash the straight man versus uh, or sorry, you have a straight man versus the awkward guy. So you have a sounding board Mm -hmm. to make fun of the person and that works. This wasn't social awkwardness. Like real life social awkwardness is actually awkward. It's like, it's just like the person is weirdly quiet and almost not present and they're fidgety or whatever it is. And that's what this was. This was a person that is not funny and charming or anything to me that I is supposed to make me care about a character. And then, so you have basically a socially awkward slash annoying person. And then you have another person who's more annoying than him and they even say that like they're like you're the more annoying character and now there's two annoying people that are playing the main character like if you're gonna have shitty characters in a movie that we're not supposed to like make it a batman movie i would have been all right with that like double batman fine and bring back keaton and i even if you wanted to do like a almost crappy nostalgia bring back for that i would have been fine with that instead they that he is in most of this movie the flash he's in so much of this movie and it's painful to watch it's literally awkward to watch for me so i don't understand why people are like oh it's like such a good performance and ezra miller did an amazing job and yes there's heartstring stuff and that's we'll get to that too that you're pulling on with true heart that the movie does have which further annoys me because it's like all right you had moments that were pretty good but <laughs> At the end of the day, also, just because so much annoyed me, I'm okay in saying that I think a lot of those just got ripped from Flashpoint and they're not really that original. It's like, because it's really hard to talk about this movie <laughs> without spoilers. Uh, three, two, one, spoilers. But like people are like, oh, the, the way the, the tomato sauce scene played out, you know, putting the tomatoes back in this and that. I guess it is just, I'm sorry, that you didn't make that compelling enough to the point where I'm supposed to be like, oh, this filmmaker and the writer of this are that good because I got something way better at the end of flashpoint so 
and you also it's so close to flashpoint that you just replaced you know a batman scene with a, a can of tomatoes that's all you did all right so i am supposed to buy that well i guess here's what i'll first say before save your emails and dms and whatever else so i'll say this as a preface this may or may not be i don't think it is the actual 89 batman this is a new batman who looks like who was created by barry messing with the timeline but he just happens to look like 89 batman that's who this guy is yeah he's a strand of spaghetti in the spaghetti multiverse <laughs> and i'm okay with that but it's like still adam west would not be blindly trustworthy that someone broke into his house and then it's just the next thing he's doing is making spaghetti and completely admitting that he's Batman to this to these children who look identical and are as annoying as all fuck. Uh, yeah, let's I'm going to explain to you intricacies of the multiverse. And I know all this because I'm Batman. Why are you there had to be more like for Bruce to believe that this kid was a superhero they had to, I guess they, there was the fight scene. So that, I guess the, I'm supposed to buy that that was proof, but that's still not enough to me for any Batman to be like, here's the Batcave. That to me was so, I kept waiting for there to be like, did I miss something? I didn't go to the bathroom once in this whole movie. Um, so I didn't leave. What did I miss? Where any Batman on the planet, Adam West would never just be like, Oh, we just had a fight in Wayne Manor after you broke in. Let me open the Shakespeare head and let you down into the Batcave. Like that wouldn't even happen. And the fight too. I mean, drunken master Michael Keaton. Okay. He's not drunk enough to I, fight I, like that. I'm sorry. When did Batman ever <laughs> fight like that? I don't care if you're trying to say that this guy and here's problem number two with Batman. This is why again, 95% walking out of there has gone dramatically down to at least 70 because it's like, okay, mm -hmm. on top of this, this Batman is supposed to... Oh, sorry. You don't frame time-wise when this is. You just say it's another universe, kind of. But we know it's 10 years ago, kind of, because of Man of Steel. But also the GA doesn't know that. So a lot of this is going like, all right, GA, come on in. Like general audience, step right up. So it's like, yeah, we know nerds know the world engine was 10 years ago, but they never once say 2013. Like, why not? I actually like that a lot about Endgame is that it reminded you when each movie in real time came out and it really helped. Why not just say yeah. 2013 Central City? There's there was no reason not to do that. Um, and here's the other argument I have. And knowing that it is 2013, because you might say, oh, well, it, how do you know it's 2013? I know because I got a spoiler from the McFarlane stuff which I meant to mention on the podcast of on the McFarlane cards, when you get an action figure or a Batmobile, uh, it said 2013 Michael Keaton version of the, of Batman. Why not just say that? And here's the other most important reason you need to know what year this is. And this bent my brain. I, there are experts of the character of Batman who have, I've heard them be on and have their own several episodes of podcasts say over and over this is 70-year-old, present-day Michael Keaton. It is not. This is late 50s Michael Keaton, and that's the only reason it works. 
That's the only reason it works. I ne- I kept going into this movie going, if they don't make him 10 years younger, that's stupid. And at no point do they try to express to the audience, it's okay, guys. This is still believable because a guy in his late 50s could do this. Not a guy in his early 70s. No, not real-time right. Michael Keaton. No, it's not. And literally, I'll show you a McFarlane card. It says 2013. So you're just wrong about this. And that annoyed the shit out of me that the movie didn't bother telling me this, but an action figure did. Well, and here's the other problem too. Even theoretically, let's say you're buying all of the science that they're selling in this movie. If it's a multiverse, it can happen any year. The world engine doesn't necessarily need to be in 2013. You know what I mean? Like, so and then I guess you could argue, I guess I just argue myself into a corner there of like, well, then you could just say Michael Keaton could be any age at any time. I just, here's the point. Make it clear that this guy, whoever the fuck he is, is 59 years old, not 71. And that I think I know that's important because he is a character of this is a Batman podcast. He's a character. We've talked about this many times of will not superpowers. You know, Hercules agrees. Hercules is my puppy. Can you see him over there? Hey, baby. Um, you know, Hercules is born. (laughs) Hercules is the son of Zeus. Okay. He is imbued with these powers from birth by being the son of the most powerful God on earth. Whereas uh, Batman is a man of will. He willed himself by turning himself into a weapon, as they say, and uh, trained his body and did all this shit. It is very important to know that a character of will and pure humanity with no superpowers is not 70. I think you might want to throw that in there, especially when you're going to have a really good shot in the movie that I absolutely loved of him sewing himself up in the mirror. And then like the way he looks at himself, oh, like the way he looks at himself in the mirror and just gives this little smile of like, oh, bitch, this is who you are. And it's inescapable. Yeah. And you're back. And I was just like, fuck, yes. Um, so there's scenes, there's shots. He did a great job for what they gave him. So it's like, yeah, you're in a context of a universe that you're about to kick off a new one. And actually the GA at this point does kind of know that. So you have all these people waiting for this new universe. You know, this thing is going to happen. This is ending a thing. And even if you didn't know any of that, you're supposed to be ending a thing. You know, if this doesn't set up something new, you need to make once again clear. You might want to make these things clear of you wrote this shit. So if you're going to put something in, explain it because there's a difference between subtext and then completely leaving your audience in the dark as to what this thing means. Now, in the context, back to what I'm saying here is the context of a a universe of movies and a new crop of movies coming up it's like we need to know yes like you said where this is going and if the point of and apparently it was jason momoa appearing at the end that aquaman continues and the only reason they did that and this is what drives me nuts about how these movies are made and big budget shit and it's everything is just a commercial to the next thing at least when you do it badly and i can't yeah fucking stand it the whole point of that was to say aquaman is swimming into theaters this december that was the only point of that of the worst of the worst post-credit sequence in comic book history easily the the least it is just that was shameless bullshit 
Uh, I'm a, an Aqua fan too, so maybe I'm a little sensitive there, but fuck that sequence. And especially you had your cameo porn parade 10 minutes before that, and we didn't go to Atlantis once. There is a treasure trove, yeah. including an animated series from the 1960s you could have pulled. And you're telling me I couldn't have gotten anything from Atlantis when then you pull this bullshit at the very end. It's like you just pick a lane. You have no respect for these characters. And the fact that not no respect, because I just I'm just confused is what I want to say is like there's scenes of it that to me universe wise, you can't be. Oh, sorry. So back to like the philosophical thing I was saying before of more like time travel questioning, whatever you want to call it of and this is a this is something I kept thinking too. like. I hate this flash so much that he created Batman and Robin like Batman and Robin is Ezra Miller's fault because we are to believe that the Schumacher verse or a version of it was willed into existence by him, um, which is hilarious to think. But you also what's interesting about that, though, is you could have in some way explained it. I don't want to write it right here in the podcast, but it's like. That is, to me, the best cameo of the whole movie. I out loud was like, what? I, that, the only thing that could have made that better, like that was the exact, uh, in, in terms of stuff I couldn't wait to see insofar as cameos was shit like this. It was like, oh my God, only thing that could have made that better. I heard somebody in a podcast saying, if Chris O'Donnell was in the car and rolled down the window, it was just like, hey, Barry, what up? <laughs> only thing that could have made that better i don't need to see them in the suit i don't need to see anything like that but just seeing those seeing him Clooney at the end was like that is such an interesting thing because this is the ultimate consequence of fucking with the timeline is that you could actually will into reality the worst batman in film history and that is fucking hilarious which is just hilarious. And Clooney is a good actor and everybody knows it. Even O'Donnell is an amazing actor. So it's like, it's just weird that it's just perfect. What you, the potential there once again is my point. Then, so there's all that shit to think about. But the problem is once again, you don't explain enough to say that, well, what is the status quo and where are we going? Like, I love endings that can leave you thinking about things, but there is just a limit. What I'm trying to say is there's a limit between completely leaving, once again, your audience in the dark and leaving something fun and ambiguous and thoughtful when you have all that potential sitting there. Well, let's, uh, let's stick with Batman. What's Batman probably best known for? DC villains. Who is the villain in this movie? I, I'm sorry. Dark Flash, we don't meet until more than three quarters of the way through the movie what is the threat zod tangentially returning to another not enough like sorry these things and we don't meet any threat we don't even know about the zod thing doesn't happen until what an hour and whatever into the movie we also don't even see the person who kills barry's mom like who the fuck is the villain supposed to be in this movie it is to me so weak and then what zod we do get I'm sorry. Every criticism is totally right about how little Zod we got. And then the Michael Shannon reaction, which I heard about, even he was just like, this is this cameo porn doesn't work. And I'm one of the porn actors. <laughs> like, if you're going to have some kind of dark flash thing, I mean, I, in concept, I could see it being 
cool, but like, because it, it was kind of cool to just watch him in real time. And for us, what was real time, but for him, decades of trying to, you know, over and over, uh, fuck up the timeline and turn himself into what he was. But it's just, and also the whole like a Kryptonian spike grows into a bunch of other Kryptonian shit in his body. And you don't give me one line about like the Kryptonian tech is bio-based. And so it'll keep expanding every time. Nothing. Every time I see him, he's just got some other stalactite sticking out of his eye. And I'm just like, I don't care at all about this. You're surviving the, this Kryptonian like uh virus, essentially of taking over your body with these dangerous spikes is because you have the healing power. He's essentially turning into a, uh, fucking wolverine he can withstand the the yep. infusion of adamantium whatever it's like come on dude yep. give me something one line and so much of the movie was like that ah speaking of uh before we get into lines that we didn't get how about the catchphrases from 33 years ago that were thrown at us like <laughs> it's an episode of friends it was it was actually it was more like Friends, at least, like, how you doing? At least Joey was saying that every time. I don't know. A pretty girl walked in the room. There was like some context for it. Uh, and he's a New York Italian guy. There's reasons. Uh, this was, did I do that? There was that level of catchphrasing. You want to get nuts. And they, it wasn't just trailer bait. They really did this in a movie theater. I had to sit while Michael Keaton said those lines within like 10 minutes. And I wanted to throw up. And let's expand a little bit on the Batmobile. Okay, I spent 60 bucks on this thing. 60 US dollars in a time of inflation, people. Okay, I'm not getting political here. Just saying times are tough. I'm doing fine financially. But why did I spend $60? And why was this produced if it was not in the movie? Beside a thing we saw on a trailer. It never moved once you have a character who runs fast and you have a car that can go like i don't know 300 miles an hour most batmobiles no opportunity at no point could michael keaton have driven into and here's the other fun part too it's a two-seater car right so barry with no powers would have to ride in the front seat and you just need one excuse to go into anton first 89 gotham just one five minutes all I need is the Flash running alongside the 89 Batmobile and maybe he takes out maybe there's some Joker's gang. I don't care. It's like, give me something, dude. Yeah. Ah. Alright, here's another thing. How about the hyperbole around this movie? Like, leading up to this, James Gunn, this is the best super one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. Have you ever watched a superhero movie? Like you produce a lot of them. Have you ever actually sat down and watched one? I know you know your comics. What the fuck are you talking? And, and yeah. this is what bothers me. It's like we're in a time of all this behind the scenes stuff of these movies are now PR moves and you have to treat it like this giant sports franchise and say bullshit like that. Or Tom Cruise had a 15-minute conversation with Andy Muschietti over the phone about how much he liked the movie. I don't care that Tom Cruise had a... And speaking of Tom Cruise, back to effects, he's the practical action porn king. He makes incredible movies with those Mission Impossible movies. He literally straps himself to the side of a plane at 60 years old for our entertainment. I just rewatched like all the newer... 
those movies are fucking awesome. I I know how big Hollywood they are. I do not care. And here's why I don't care, especially because again, it's mostly real. There's very little CGI in those movies. Uh, If there is, it's just background stuff. And it's like some green screen shit, but it's nothing compared to uh cg effects so you we're in a world of post even jj i'll say like force awakens a lot of that is practical where were the effects in this movie like all right let's get through the cameo parade while we have a a few minutes left here like you chose to show me christopher reeve and helen slater they looked once again like PS2 early 2000s cutscenes from a video game. And even if they don't talk, like have them, how about the Flash just runs into a shot of those two standing next to each other in the 1980s, make it look like an 80s movie. The next thing he runs to, it looks like you're in the back cave of 66. He run. how hard is this shit? It's 2023. Like, what are we doing? Star Trek Discovery is on Paramount Plus and cbs television uh, star trek i'm oh, sorry strange new worlds strange new worlds looks like if they had the budget of the 60s star trek series it's perfect visually and i am so such a stickler about saying that the cg of especially the sets and the backgrounds you just feel like you're on the bridge of the 60s star trek show but it looks real and with cool effects um and man it is just like how are you not doing this in a movie that apparently costs they're they're saying now with reshoots there's also four years so there's no excuse there absolutely no excuse for the effects to be that you had all the time in the world more than any movie has ever had on the planet uh then budgetary they're saying oh it was 200 250 but if you consider the reshoots and then marketing they're most people are agreeing it's probably more like $350 million. This is what we're talking about. Um, for a movie that once again, uh, this one YouTuber, I'll never, he's like, these are, he's a British guy. He's like, for $350 million, they couldn't give us anything better than PS2 graphics. <laughs> but it's exactly what it looks like. And even I, as a DC fan, I'll admit out loud, I was like, oh, it's Christopher Reeve and oh, Helen Slater. And even the Nick Cage thing, it's like, yeah, that would have been really cool if it looked like a 1997 Tim Burton movie with Nick Cage and not a PS2 cutscene. But it looked like Nick Cage in a PS2 yeah. cutscene, and that is not impressive. It is not just... In terms of the quality of No Way Home versus this, it is not just because you were a Spider-Man fan. I, once again, cared so little about those movies i never even finished although i did like what i saw of spider-man 2 never even bothered with three i never watched either of the amazing spider-man but what i did like about no way home was guess what it felt like you were in one of those movies while you're watching it yeah this is the advantage this is the unbelievable unfathomable advantage that you have with the medium of of film especially is an unlimited budget especially now you mix that with effects and all the stuff you could do with practical, as I keep talking about of being inside an episode of 66 and all that that would feel like it's just the feeling of a 70 year old person sitting in that theater. And even if you don't see Adam West's face, we got clips of his voice in this. You could have just had, I keep thinking you just have Adam, the back of Adam West 
working on the back computer and he just says something like blah 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 to the back computer and then robin says something off screen um or barry might need the atomic computer for whatever and he actually works with adam west to at least for two minutes to get himself out of that universe and maybe that's what it is it's like every hero helps him get back home and that's how you do it um you know helen slater gets a second knock at the apple or whatever you want bite at the apple you take her voice compile it from things you know they did this with mark hamill it was like no problem they to make luke skywalker from that time they took interviews uh because it was just hours and hours and hours of recording from some npr interview and they put that together to make him sound like 20 whatever year old luke skywalker 30 year old luke skywalker so it didn't sound like old man hamill and then hamill came in and did some of the facial stuff and and act i mean we can this shit has been going on for years now um clearly they didn't do any of that and that to me just and helen slater's around now by the way like you literally could have had just five minutes of an actual and hey guess what there's another Supergirl in this movie, which she yep. could have, she could have met, you know, 1984 Supergirl could have met 2023 Supergirl easily. Didn't bother doing it. I mean, especially with the volume, it's like, how hard is it to make a 66 back cave with the volume? Boom. It's there. That's how hard it is. It's right there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, house of the dragon. I have a podcast on this. They make Westeros look real with fucking video screens. I don't know how they do it. Uh, Marvel can't figure out how to do it, but I, but then again, I guess, you know, I did mention, no, I'll give, I'll give them some credit with no way home because I will say again, it really felt like you were sitting inside of two thousands, but I think this, the impact of this would have been so much more incredible of like, you feel like you're in it, that you could have done technicolor. Like you're in a 60s show you're in 1990 flash hey that's another television show that hey features a character called i don't know the flash uh you could have had and just pick from all of the medium and you just it's the easiest thing in the world you just reproduce it and you cut it in the the trick of editing it would just be incredible if all of a sudden he runs in and the next he's in some other tv universe i mean there's just so much you could have done movies also no wonder woman no wonder woman 77 was in this movie we got Three Superman, no Wonder Woman. Ah, no Linda Carter. If you were a fan of these Spider-Man movies for the past 20 plus years, you really, you got to revisit them. And the more I think about it, it's like, I, the less I got to revisit them. I saw them on shitty looking floating planets and I got to whiz by them. We don't even see how we're able to see these things, by the way. Like, how is Barry even seeing these? He's just watching orbs of bullshit collide. That's not, to me... A believable filmic way to represent that the way to represent it once again is that barry finds himself in the 60s i don't know but go ahead cannot forget to talk about i heard someone on a podcast put it perfectly the best batman action we've ever gotten on film is the martha rescue the second best batman action we ever got is michael keaton in siberia that shit was sick him swooping in beating the shit out of those dudes grappling action um man that shit was so dope seeing the 89 gadget seeing him actually turn his fucking head actually able to fight it was so well done and it's so confusing to go from that to the rest of it which is just shit. <laughs> but anyway uh i i have to mention 
those and I, I I thought it was well shot. That bad action was incredible, right? When you're fighting Zod at that point, this is billion. This is the tech billionaire side of Batman. This isn't the street level noir crime fighter. This is saving the world, fighting Zod. Put on your fucking nightmare suit, full of Kryptonian whatever, and figure out a way. Yeah, I mean, here's a question. All right, so you could you could argue, oh yeah, well Michael Keaton never met uh any kind of Superman, even in this movie. Zod is new to him. Krypton, like there was no super people that he knew about uh, in that universe. Fine. Here's a question that Batman might ask. What is his weakness? Like, and you know who he has to ask one person. And that is Sasha Kaye. Hey, Sasha Kaye, what's your weakness? And they could probably put it together. that Maybe crypto uh, kryptonite, like, come on. And then he ha- he makes a kryptonite suit. Goes and fights. Yeah, totally good point. Yeah. Like, where is the Dark Knight Returns level of preparation? It's not enough to have a guy who's just willing to be an old man and kamikaze his way into a fucking alien ship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sasha Kaye, what'd you think? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, let's give a couple minutes. I, I thought she was great for what they gave her. I thought there were even moments when I like was thinking she's really selling me. I, I thought these actual thoughts in the theater of going like, wow, she's really painting the picture of someone who's like, you fucking killed my baby cousin. <laughs> she really sold me on that idea. Her reaction is odd when, when she knows that that happened. And I love that that happened in that universe. Cause that makes us pissed too. Like you killed like, get him. Like you killed Superman. Um, and you killed a symbol of hope. All that stuff is great. And so, but we got like 10 minutes of her and it just doesn't make sense. And then what we did get of her, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's an exaggeration, but the rest of beyond like that emotional point, and there was another emotional point, which I thought was good where they were like, where she's, you know, she's like, why would you guys help me? I don't understand. Like most of you guys are dicks as Ezra Miller says. Um, And he's like, well, a lot of us are dicks. just not everyone. Which I thought was a funny line in a superhero movie. I was like, that that's how real superhero people would talk. It's like, some of us are dicks. So I like that actually. Uh, but so, yeah. and because of that, she had a new gained hope for humanity, whereas she could have just fucked off and not saved anyone. But she's like, no, these people do deserve help because they helped me. So they're kind of, their heroic nature is helping her become a hero when she could have been a total piece of shit like there was a red son potential there red daughter potential uh which is really interesting and not that they bother to play with it because everything for whatever reason happens uh, in this movie either too fast or way drawn out i mean you could have developed all the time we took uh because like we have to cover this too because it annoyed the shit out of me the scenes in his apartment with the dude doing the fat guy doing a split in the underwear what is happening yeah fuck that part and then a youtuber rudy mancuso is very talented i do not need rudy mancuso to be playing marimbas in the background while i'm trying to watch a fucking superhero movie that was (laughs) such dumb bullshit and you're telling me you don't have the time to develop i don't know kara zorel might be a little more important than a uh, fat guy doing a split in his underwear with Rudy Mancuso playing marimbas. Fuck that whole scene. 
I, I totally agree that that you can do fun things with yeah, incorporate it into the action, have organic humor grow out of what's happening in a superhero movie. I mean, people want to think that the Nolan movies are antiseptic and they're not. There's actually a decent amount of levity in some of the dialogue. Um, you know, uh, you know what it's like. Uh, you know what it's like, Lucis. You go to a party and they pass around weaponized hallucinogens. <laughs> <laughs> there's funny shit in those movies uh but there's lines like weaponized hallucinogen because there's a weaponized hallucinogen used by the villain who is important to the story these are things that fucking matter uh whereas this is like barry's tooth just falls out and completely kills what's supposed to be a dramatic moment because we unnecessary it is like i used to teach middle school and there's just some kids they talk their impulse to talk while you're talking is so great that you have to talk to them on a level of like, hey, do you know what it's like to talk? Okay. Do you know what it's like to not talk? Please do the latter. Like you have to literally get that deep with them because, and a lot of it, they try to kill like impactful things when you're trying to build up to a moment or something. And a lot of them happen to be smart, which is more annoying because they know what you're going to say and they just fucking kill your joke, whatever it is. And that's what this felt like is a kid who can't just shut up and take in the moment. And it's just like, oh, wow, it was, it was quiet there for a second. It's like, yeah, it's okay for it to be quiet there for a second. Like, let there be moments of drama here and you're completely killing it. And I mean, extrapolate from that, killing a dramatic moment where it's like the whole story hinges on this emotional tie between this kid and his mom and then the tooth falls out. It's like, just why are these moments are so fucking annoying? And then, a, let alone a post credit where we should stop here. No better time to stop. Of uh, once again, the the worst post credit sequence in superhero movie history. Um, it is just, especially because at the very end of the day, even the GA now once again is trained to sit through Marvel movies. And someone on the podcast made a really good point. DC should just stop doing them. They were a Marvel thing to begin with. They don't need to be there. Um, beside Ferris Bueller and that really funny one at the end of the movie Ghost World, which I absolutely love, there's no reason to sit through credits for the average person. I happen to be a filmmaker, so I try to sit through some of them and give credit. I'll admittedly get up if it's most movies halfway through the credits. Um, stop making people sit there, especially with these CG fests, it's like you got to sit there for 10 minutes sometimes through credits for that. Like, stop, because that was so, and again, such an abomination, in my opinion, to the character of Aquaman. He's already they can't make up their mind with this guy. Is he a joke or is he not? And why is he such a drunk? And since when is playing a drunk? The good way to play drunk is overplaying drunkness. It's like, dude, any high school drama teacher will tell you if you're playing a drunk person don't overdo it at all it's very tempting as an actor to slur too much and fall into shit he's the king of atlantis how much liquor did this place have for the king of atlantis to be physically falling into puddles like i'm sorry that was dumb as all fuck we also see him taking in water like basically breathing with the water in the puddle um, someone made a funny joke. They're like, why would a guy who's obsessed with a clean oceans be in a filthy ass city puddle? Like that wouldn't be happening. 
um, which I agree with. I don't think Aquaman would care that there's a puddle on the ground. He's Aquaman. It's just, it's so weird. And like you said, the most important part is that they're actually giving important exposition, apparently, even about Batman. Like they said something about Batman in there. Um, there was shit that, and ultimately his presence, his mere presence raises all these other questions. Why are you messing with our brains of so the DCEU continues? Why are you continuing with this Aquaman? If you want to have an Aquaman, here's how you do it. Bring him back, but have him not be Aquaman. And it'd be like, so he's Arthur Curry and his dad is still Tamara Morrison. As we actually saw in one of those phone calls, I thought that was fun. See that there again, opportunity for a joke. Why is that funny? Because there would be a possibility of Tamara Morrison just married to some fat woman in a lighthouse. That's a universe. So that's funny. Um, you know, there's shit you can do anyway. So with this, it's like, uh, have him be depowered and then tease the next Aquaman of the next universe of like, there is an Aquaman out there, but it's just not me. That's fucking interesting. Uh, or, you know, his cousin is Arthur Curry or something. And he's, you know, Momoa in this universe is, is uh, whatever, figure it out. I just, Ah, it raises so many more questions than it tries to answer. And the whole point of it, apparently, as post credits in theory are supposed to do as well, is answer some questions or at least ask questions that matter. Yep. Tell me one reason why that post credits matter. The mother thing was weird, too. It's like they sounded like they were speaking Spanish, but she was obsessed with pasta. And it was just this overdone trying to be cultural ethnic mom bullshit and to me it wasn't like a woke thing it wasn't that any of that which i'll also say in my final thoughts here i'm very appreciative that this movie didn't do that um especially for consider who's the actor who's probably the worst representative of that which is woke um and again not to get political at all i just i i think that's i think everyone on the planet would have to agree with that 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 person might be the worst representative of any side of anything but anyway uh it could have gone that way it really didn't and i'm glad there was one line i really didn't like the uh justice league doesn't recognize mental health in their insurance plan whatever bullshit joke that was oh, yeah we're, 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 we're working on it or something like that yeah or we could be better <laughs> i'm sorry a character forged by childhood trauma is every one of these people Okay, <laughs> every one of them. Uh, that's what the hero does. I saw a really funny, like, uh, really interesting YouTube video the other day. It was saying it was just the delineation between a hero and a villain. And it's like the hero, usually they're orphaned in some way. Uh, and it's just, but the, and the villain usually has a similar background. They're also orphaned, but it's just the choice of whether they take that and do something bad or good with it. And usually like they have a scar to remind you of the trauma, all that bullshit. And it's just like, Stop taking what is potentially really interesting shit and making jokes out of it of like as if Batman wouldn't give a shit about your mom dying and, and Batman's supposed to. It's just like, shut up. Justice League, health insurance, mental health. I just I didn't that felt I was worried when that joke came in because I was worried and especially the the meta of all that of this person. Ezra Miller is clearly mentally, I mean, even admittedly uh unstable so yeah I, I didn't need that like meta mental health wink to the camera in a fucking flash movie at all that was really dumb to me
And you know, we'll wrap here. Of I think overall, if I had to say, it's a very weird experience watching that movie. Of just, especially the more I think about it, because there is really good shit in there, and then it's just surrounded by. It's again the most one of the most disjointed in terms of quality movies. It's just so so much of it's so bad and then parts of it can be so good and it's with some of my favorite shit on the planet um you know like a prime example and we didn't really get into it but i'll say in my final thoughts once again people it's not the blue and the gray it's blue it's gray that's not the blue and gray that we got the day bat suit bat flex suit all you had to do some person did it in five minutes and they were probably like 11 years old back when BVS came out of turning the bat suit into a blue scale. Uh, just take the bat flex suit that we've all seen with the fat bat on the chest. You could even modify the fat bat, make it less fat. I don't give a shit what you do, but how cool would it have been just to get bat flex with a blue day bat suit. That would have been amazing. And that's your way to get the yeah. blue and the gray that once again, I can't help but say is the ugliest fucking bat suit in film history, comic history. I would rather watch a rainbow bat that like 1950s thing version uh, live action than that suit that they gave him. So that was hideous. But again, what's weird is that you're watching really good Batman action. I love the, the water ski thing he's doing with the fucking grapnel. I thought that was really cool. Um, it was just like large scale. What would happen if Batman was chasing a guy, especially during the day in a movie like this with the flash, it was great. Um, the incorporation of all that stuff with the justice league, but then, and, and Affleck's amazing too. We didn't really talk about him, but real quick, it's like his whole speech about, yeah, you could fix things and you could save my parents, which I like that even line from Ezra Miller. Um, one of the few deliveries I really liked in this movie. <laughs> beside other things but uh it's just like i could save your parents he goes yeah but you could also destroy everything and yeah you know that was really good of course this character doesn't take any of the advice of i don't know batman uh but whatever that i, I thought that was incredible well, once again i just think it's weirdly finally i'll say weirdly overshadowed by a majority of this movie to me is a complete mess and the cg it's a visual medium and it's 2023. This is inexcusable effects. I'm sorry. It's it was terrible. And you had all the time in the world. And to me, you just had no excuse. So, you know, we don't really give uh, letter grades here, but my review would have to be like maybe a, it's somewhere in between like a five to six out of ten because and most of the five is just the Batman stuff that I thought mostly was great. But even within the Batman stuff, as I said, so much of it brings it down to this would barely pass if I was teaching. This would be like a barely passing grade. Yeah, sadly, I can't recommend it because I agree. It's just it's not enough to see in theaters. I would recommend watching it at home. Um, I do. I will say it does have a ton of rewatch value. I'll say that, but kind of for the worst reasons. It's like, I don't know. And maybe not. Uh, maybe some of this is just to enjoy Batman doing shit through a city and flying around. I don't know. It's just it, like you said, you have all this, all this opportunity sitting there and all these amazing actors and you kind of squandered it. So <laughs> again, the endless potential you have yeah. with multiverse stuff. I like, I also like the casting thing too. It's like, but 
of all movies too back to the future that's the who they debate about who's the real cast and that's so cool to just do all that shit in a time travel yeah. movie and um but uh we're, we're gonna leave it at that because there's just endless stuff to talk about and i also do need to see it again i don't know if i said this and while we recorded but um i had I, I was going to go see it again yesterday, but I had this issue of um, not wanting to see it again. So I don't right. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I do want to see it again. I just didn't want to yesterday. Um, but I do, I do think that speaks to how little I liked it, unfortunately. Um, or how yeah. little it was enough to bring me back to the theater. I feel like anything else I say is just going to be negative. So, so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so thank you guys for uh, so much. For joining us in our um, review of the Flash once again, we are going to talk about the Flash once again. Not only Eli, uh, or I should say, if not Eli, Scott has agreed at the dot bat fan, our recurring uh, DC news guest and close friend of the show at the dot bat fan on Instagram. Very talented toy photographer and once again close friend of the show. So Scott's going to come for my rewatch of the Flash. I am going to see it at some point again this week, uh, and then Scott and I are going to record for next episode. And it's going to be the flash revisited so if you guys hate me forever for what i said today uh that is the internet and that's the cost of freedom as i like to say of being honest but uh <laughs> it might be point is uh more positive if i see it again you know I, i'm sure i'll if there was a lot of positive things i saw in the first time i think that i'll find more maybe like the looney tunes thing this time and and Maybe just there is a certain value in just seeing something for what it is versus maybe what you want it to be. Um, I don't I, I still don't think I'm not that doesn't mean I'm gonna give it an excuse because it's still a movie and it still needs to follow the rules of basic storytelling, which I don't think it did. And the CG, I don't feel like I'm gonna go back on that. There's just certain basic things I I unfortunately um don't count on me reneging. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Uh, as always, subscribe to the pod so you don't miss an episode. Please rate and review the show. It is free. It takes just a minute, but it helps us out a whole lot. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, just like the pod, youtube.com slash above and Batman beyond. We are currently building the YouTube channel, like I mentioned before. Uh, we got some editors on board and other projects, so definitely be sure to subscribe uh, so you know when all that drops. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Batman Beyond Media, and you can follow me on Instagram as well at Benjamin of David. Uh, and finally, of course, follow Eli on his very powerful Instagram at Batman Beyond fan page. So this has been Benjamin. I've been Eli. Telling you to go above. And Batman and beyond. Hey, this is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, telling you to go above and Batman and beyond. <laughs>